welcome to the uh, mastermind meeting for today is Friday, August the 21st. And I'm Richard Clear, your host. And with me today is Chris Walsh in Maine. He'll tell you what part. I know it's near Augusta. Hello, everyone. Yes, I'm in uh, Maine, just outside of Augusta in Hollowell. Thank you. And, yep, and Sheila Bell in Costa Rica, and I'll let her tell you what part. Hello, everyone. I'm in Guanacaste, close to Laveria in Costa Rica. And Harry Legg in Verona, New Jersey, outside of New York City. Hello, greetings, greetings. Philip Jan in Columbus, Georgia. Art Don in the Washington, D.C. area. I'm going to let him tell you where. Hi, I'm in Greenbelt, Maryland, which is uh, east of Washington, about 15 miles. Well, and Matt Holker, who, who is our regional organizer for Maryville, Tennessee, outside of Knoxville. And today he is coming from you from up in the mountains, uh, out in the wild. And hey, Matt, that bear back there behind you. Uh, you joke. My family has a bunch right. of selfies with uh, with a bunch of bears, and the last five cabin entries in here all say "saw a bear." Uh, they're they're here. Um, you said they have selfies with bears. What's Does that? that look like this? Hey, that bear's getting kind of close. You know this? The uh... <laughs> I I thought um uh, I got sent a photo, and I thought it was photoshopped because my friend my uh, my brother-in-law has uh, his phone in his hand and the bears in the background and he's got this funny face um and i thought he photoshopped himself in and no it was actually my mom took a picture of him taking the selfie yeah. with the bear <laughs> the thing you know about the bears is that they're really cute and cuddly and they they will look cute and cuddly and then you want to get closer and then they're still cute and cuddly and then you get closer and then ah! you know and i don't recommend that yeah that's what we call tourists around here well <laughs> right Food, <laughs> Anyways, feed the, you know, don't feed the bears. They meant they, they really meant don't feed yourself to the bears. The uh, so yeah. The, right. the smart people understand that message. Um, sure. There there are folk around here who don't get that, but but believe me, I, I will not be feeding myself to the bear. Yeah, I was gonna say they're not from around here very very long when that happens. Well, they are, <laughs> but they don't look the same. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah. All right. And then in, uh, we have um, uh, Ty Talbert in Colton, California, outside of L.A. by, he'll have to tell you how far. Yeah, we're about 20 minutes outside of L.A. on a good day, two hours on a bad day. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome. All right. Um, let's see here. So today's topic is part five of Clear Tai Chi Level One program. I think this will be our last call on this vein that we've been on for really getting into this. And before we go any further, um, a word from our sponsor. And so, uh, Matt, if you would promote the online program there. I think the bear might have. All right, I was. Totally unprepared. I was uh, I was diving back into my car. Um, the uh, uh, yeah, the, um, the clearmartialarts.com is uh, an amazing 
an amazing platform for uh, Tai Chi learning, um, for, uh, for all sorts of martial arts learning, but particularly for Tai Chi and everything that we've been talking about for the last four episodes now and, and everything that we're going to talk about again today in this episode is all part of our just level one program that is normally about a six month program uh, for, you know, for most people just coming in out of the door with no other experience. And it's a really fantastic way to get into Tai Chi right into the, uh, the internal power aspects of it right away and the internal energies of Tai Chi um, and, you know, really explore the mind body aspects of it. Uh, but, but in a very accessible way for beginners and that's all available at clearmartialarts.com. Check it out. Cool. Uh, so basically what our, what our theme here has been overall is that all of the basic skills have much larger and bigger and deeper and wider aspects of study that go on in the intermediate program and then in the advanced program and that these basics set the foundation for all of that as they should and they open the doorway into being able to do that right and so um, and then how we've been talking about how each of the parts um, pertain and what where they kind of go and what they're getting into and how they're introducing you to that and then giving some insight into the how that begins to expand so anyway, so how do we, so the, first, the one for today, the next item on the list there, how to rehabilitate injuries the Tai Chi way. And so um, obviously, or hopefully it would be obvious, this is a lifelong valuable skill and it is fairly simple to learn. Tai Chi is designed to do this, but it is, again, it's one of those things where if you haven't been pointed out how to do it, just doing the form the same all the way every day for rehabilitating something that's been injured is not going to do that. In fact, due to the injury, whether it be lifelong rehabilitation or whether it be something where you, you know, broke, broke something and it's on the mend, um, you might not even be able to do the form the normal way. And so there's a very specific approach, a couple of them actually, in terms of the rehabilitation and helping you to really get better and facilitating the healing. And then that method, we're doing that, right? And in our, in our intermediate and in our advanced curriculum, you will learn how to use the same practice to develop very high level skills um, in different kinds of ways, or these same couple of practices, I should say. Um, one of them is what I call the old man method. It doesn't look like the pretty Tai Chi that's all, all showy, but it's, it's not for that. It really is for rehabilitating injuries and that kind of thing. And also uh, really helping with the arthritis and that kind of stuff. And so it looks uh, fairly different. In fact, to the to the untrained eye looking at it, it'd be like, oh, that's not. That looks kind of like they're you know not so good. But it is because you're doing very specific things for to facilitate the healing process. Anyways, is there anything you guys want? Any experiences you've had with that, or anything you guys want to add to any of that? I see who I do. So my right knee, uh, I, I've injured it a few times. It's never been any major injuries. Uh, like I bruised the back of my kneecap once. Um, I spun the kneecap to the side and motioned it back where it belongs. And of course, I never went to see a doctor because I was young and I didn't have time for that. <laughs> so now, now I'm feeling it. Um, and there are definitely times. <laughs> 
there's times where the, the pain was just too much. And I started wondering about, you know, what's this going to be like as I get older? Am I going to not be able to live in a house that has stairs? And, you know, it started worrying me. But going through the, the Tai Chi and paying attention to, you know, that injury and working on my posture and going through the, the easing into it um, helped a lot. I also found that standing in the Wuchi posture and, and sinking down a little bit more than normal and staying in that posture um, and sending the energy through my body like the, um, uh, the marrow washing, that helped the most. So yeah, the pain hasn't gone away, but it isn't really the problem that it used to be. So when I'm walking on stairs, I don't have a problem. Um, it's just, it's there, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be something that stops me anymore where I used to be concerned. So working with this has helped a lot. Yeah. One of the things that you, uh, one of the things that you might want to start playing with is being able to get your mind to go through the area. And yeah. like, uh, for, so if I'm working on a knee, I would start working on getting my mind to go into the feet where I've gone through the knee to the feet and then obviously pay careful attention to your alignments and then doing some rooting, not deep, deep rooting if I'm working on the rehab for like the knee, but where you're, you're basically getting a flow through the area, um, like that. And you're bypassing the area in terms of where primary function is. So a lot of people, if they get an injury, like a knee injury, they start, their mind starts to focus very directly on the knee, which then takes the energy to the knee, but it stops there. And so now they're actually aggravating that. And ideally it's a pass through and, and the mind is able to go through and figure out how to basically, when I say bypass, I don't mean that you're, that you're like ignoring the area or going around it like it's not there but go through it by passing it in terms of where the primary emphasis is. And then with that, you get flow of energy through the, through the area. Um, and then it's going to facilitate the healing process. Great. Thank you. Sifu. From your, uh, from level one Sifu, the exactly what you were saying, uh, the Wudong energy ball uh, exercise yes. passing through is phenomenal for that. Yeah. So take the Wudong energy ball um, with the electric and magnetic, and do that for where you really are focused on the bottoms of the feet as you do your rock, but your connection through your whole body while you're rocking on your feet. If you do that for even like two minutes and then stop and feel your knee. And it's surprising how much it does. Great, so, thank yeah, you. thank you, Gary. That's, that, I, yeah. Jim, did, Jim had a really bad knee and he started doing that every day and like the problem has gone away. Oh, great. Cool. I was, was fine too. Oh, go ahead, Phil. Could you repeat that? What you said about the Wudong energy ball? Do the Wudong energy ball. Do it. Start off where you're only doing it for maybe two minutes, and make sure the electric and magnetic or uh, Jing are going on when you're doing it. Okay. And you'll be, and then stop, and like do that so that you build it up. You know, and build it up. I'll, I'll, normally, you're not going to need more than four or five minutes a day. And you'll be surprised how much benefit you'll get from that directly when it comes to the knee issues. So are you directing anything when you do that? Are you directing anything toward the knee for in that exercise? No, no, 
No, if you did that, you'd be emphasizing to the knee and you don't want to emphasize to the knee. You want that flow through. And so what happens is you're on your feet, you've got connection through all the way and it's going to do the, it's going to have the effect because of the way that you're connected through your whole body like that. Thank you. You're welcome. And by the way, if you want to know how to do that, you should definitely go check out uh, our uh, base, our, our level one curriculum there at, at uh, www.clearmartialarts.com. I heard you, Matt. <laughs> Excuse me, when you're-, well, you're... Sheila was next and then you were. Oh, okay, sorry. Sorry, sorry Sheila. Okay. Um, so in as far as the recuperation method, I wanted to address real quick. I think that the biggest okay. takeaway- Rehabilitation, okay. For rehabilitation method, yeah. the biggest takeaway I've had is that um, tension adds so much to your pain. And so when you're doing this really slow method and you're focused on keeping everything completely relaxed and you end up finding out that you really have a lot more uh, range of motion than you thought you had, um, let's say, for example, if your back is hurting and you get that thing where you get like a spasm going through the back, you know, that's just pure tension. So by learning how to move through the injury in a slow and sort of controlled situation where you're on purpose, relaxing everything, then um, for the rest of the day, you'll find that your pain is much less. And so that to me is the biggest lesson you can have is how to reduce the tension in order to control pain through an injury. And it's with that relaxation, it's really keeping the alignment really good, which when you've got the kind of problem you're talking about, at first it seems like you're adding pain itself. But if you try it where you're not aligned well, you'll find that very quickly, that even though it doesn't hurt right in that instant, minute, two minute, three minute, four minute, five minute, it like starts to get just excruciating. Uh -huh. And and uh, knowing this from having, you know, when I broke my back and then also from other times when I was younger. Where I strained my back, and the uh, and so you really have that alignment with that full relaxation through at the same time. Tai Chi, the uh, and then it really does make a big difference and alleviate that. And then you might have to hold it for like if it's bad enough, you may have to sit down in a chair where you're still doing that Tai Chi principle that way of both of those things happening. But then I've been able to make like when it was like a strain kind of thing. Um, and literally, uh, when I was a teenager, which is when I started Tai Chi, I had to use it to fix my back because I was playing one of the video games, which at the time would have been like Space Invaders or something, and bent over the thing for way too long where the pot I set up, and went, wow, you know, and then, um, and just had overdone it that way in a way that was painful, would be the right word, um, and I had to use that to fix it. And then the other way that I sat very quickly, it, it uh, exasperated, you know, really magnified the situation. So yeah, absolutely, just what you're saying. Cool. Um, Art? Um, I was just gonna ask, when you're doing the electromagnetic wooding ball, um, if there's a particular sort of storage method or does it just sort of build itself up and get stronger and stronger or would you just naturally do the uh, uh, carry the cauldron grand so the method, the method is building energy and then it's circulating energy, right? And so it's giving you both that, that aspect just because you're doing the practice. And then, so there's that. And then that does become part of 
you know, if you're doing the practice regularly every day for a little bit like that, it becomes part of your regular, uh, you know, what, what you're gaining from the practice. And so when we're talking about something like the knee injury, what's happening is because it's cycling through, if it was just building, it wouldn't necessarily do anything for like the, the knee issue, but because of the way that it's cycling through, that's getting that pass through that then is, is working on uh, the problems in the area, depending on what it is, of course. So we're talking about like what people normally get, which is a combination of arthritis, tendon issues, the little um, ligament issues. And I don't mean where it's, where it's like tore or broke off, but I'm talking about, you know, where it's strained, where it's, you know, that kind of thing, uh, where it's got wear, wear and tear on it, where it's still functional and usable and, and good, but it's just, um, you know, anyways, um, but if it's tore, what I guess I'm trying to tell you is if it was tore or it wasn't there or that kind of like, like, you know, it's, it's, it's severed is what I'm saying. Anything like that. No, that you're going to have to do something different for. It's not like it's going to magically go back to not being torn, not being severed. Um, but as long as it's not a severing, extremely torn situation, most other or bones sticking out, you know, anything. In other words, it can't be something that's, that's, that's like that. That's not going to be like, you know, bone sticking out. Let me do this energy thing. Is the bone not sticking out anymore? You got to get the bone or the, or the things put back where they're supposed to be and where they're attached properly and, or close enough to properly. And now when you do the work for the strain or for the arthritis or for those other things, you're going to, then you're going to get the benefit. Okay, good. Thank you. Ty, I can't see your hand, so I'm going to assume at some point there you wanted to. That. Well, um, I've had a lot of injuries. I um, have found that it's worked very well for me, my knees. I have um, a unique situation in that my right knee is completely replaced, and I find that even when I'm doing gong, I've got to make sure the energy just passes over instead of into the replacement because that actually causes pain. But when it goes through the other knee, which needs to be replaced, it helps a great deal. Um, my latest injury was a, a rotator cuff tear where I could no longer lift my arm two inches. And I had to work through that, and I worked through that very much using this. And now I've gotten back about 98% of my range of motion in my shoulder. I had a rotator cuff uh, strain when I was 24, uh, it was 23, 24, 25, somewhere right in there. And I used to type and I went to the rehab for it. And at that time, they started off having me lift weights and it was excruciating. And I could feel that it was like it aggravated the situation where I had less use. And I went to one or two sessions of that and I went, skip that. And I used the Tai Chi to rehabilitate it uh, directly myself and based on what I've been taught. And it, it, it really, 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 really made a gigantic difference. Like, I've not had the kind of problems that they talk about that you normally have uh, when you have a rotor, rotor cuff injury, rotator cuff injury like that. So, yeah. Now, I've been very lucky to have Miyuki, who is a physical therapist and teaches physical therapy. And so she's been using, she used Fagang and she used her physical therapy and just threw everything at me. Uh, the other thing I would tell you about the leg that the knee has been replaced is that, yeah, you don't want to try to go into the structure of the metal and the, and the other things that are in there. 
But if you go completely, if you go, when I say you go around it, I don't mean you go around like you get to that and skip and then keep going. What I'm suggesting to you here is that you take the tissues and, the, and your body parts that are there, not the parts that have been added in. And then you make sure that it cycles across all of that, but not stopping there, not with an emphasis to there, but that it's going through. And so you're trying to get what you have there to become stronger and better and more plot, you know, all the stuff. Um, with just by flowing the energy across it so that it's better itself and then that that should um reasonably that should be helpful to the to the whole situation it has been i have been doing that and it has definitely helped um it's a little bit more advanced but i find that when i um have problems going on with either one of the knee joints that i spiral the energy around it it yeah. seems to reinforce it. Yeah, that thinks. Yep. Yeah. Right. Cool. Anybody else? Matt, have you had any students you've worked with or anything that have, or Harry, I guess, either one of you, or any of that that are worth mentioning in that regard? I I mean, yes, I, I have. Um... I, I'm sure Harry has too, probably, but um, uh, I, I mean, I've worked the the uh, the method myself some. Um, you know, it's not like I'm I'm immune to injury, but I've definitely had people come in who were really uh, busted up, for lack of a better word. Like um, the one that comes to mind is the, um, the, the like my my kind of greatest success story in this neighborhood is the the fellow who came in um, with so much joint pain. Uh, and, and, and so, uh, so little like range of motion that he was hobbling on this stick that his brother had had to carve for him because normal walking sticks wouldn't support his weight the right way. Um, and, uh, and so he just had this giant, like, like log of a walking stick that he was just leaning on and crutched his way into the school that way. And, you know, I talked to him um, and we signed him up for classes and on his fourth class. So two weeks later, uh, we, you know, we, we had been using primarily that method, even though he hadn't really learned the form yet. I just had him doing like Qigong kind of in that neighborhood using what moves we had, you know, gotten to um, so far. And, uh, and he left the school at the end of class. Uh, he said something about feeling great. And then he walked out and uh, like about maybe about 30 seconds after he walked out, uh, we realized that he had left his stick. He had forgotten it. And we had to like chase him down the street to get it back to him. Um, and so he was, I mean, he was really feeling good <laughs> apparently um, because he just left without it and just walked away. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so, um, you know, he, and he does uh, come back to class periodically now, but um, he's uh, um he worked with the uh, VA. He was a he was a veteran, and they had given him all sorts of treatments. Um, tried to get him fixed up for his injuries, and nothing worked. And just nothing worked, and nothing worked, and nothing worked. And then after he completed our sort of beginner, well, you know, the level one program. Not that he went all the way through it and, and tested or anything, but just with a focus on, you know, rehabbing his injuries, he went back for another treatment and it worked. And so he, um, 
you know, he's got uh, like kind of a kind of a miracle out of it. Um, and uh, and e- even though, you know, the class is conflicted with his schedule um, and, you know, in the middle of COVID and everything they do even more, we're still in touch. He still keeps up the training because he he thinks and I agree that it was a large part of his success in the end. And so, um, yeah. Aaron, did you have any, anything specific? Um, uh, no, actually, uh, the rehabil- rehabilitation method is phenomenal, but just my student base, um, I haven't really had to go there with it. It's primarily been other techniques to help them get over pain that they're in and things of that sort. So thank you. Yeah. All right. Um, so then um, last but not least, in the curriculum there, we've got between one and three self-defense applications per move. When I do the test, we want one application per move, and ideally for some of the transitions, right? Um, But we'll show as many as like three. Sometimes that's just to see what's gonna come easiest to that person. In other words, I want one that's really simple. They're really used because, and even at the level one, um, at that stage of it, because a lot of times, people when they're doing the form, if, they, if they're just doing movements in the air, they really don't have a certain amount of framework of mind in their body in the specific kinds of way that's appropriate to the posture and the movement. And when you do an application, well, now there's emphases in certain places in certain kinds of ways, and it really helps you to, to move correctly um, like that. There are over 75 applications for each move in the Tai Chi, that includes striking, grappling, throwing, you know, like takedowns, that kind of thing, small joint manipulations, escapes from all of that, um, how to, when, they're no, when there's not contact and somebody's trying to get to you, how to enter and make the contact. Most moves have, have at least one or two or three ways that they move to do that. A lot of times a transition. Uh, every move's got pressure point striking. Each move has some kind of specific uh, democ um, application um, and on and on and on and on. Like I said, there's a, there's an average of 75 applications easily per move that are directly look like the move and are the move. So when somebody says, oh yeah, that move does all kinds of things and they were doing rise and fall and then you start looking at, well, wait a minute, you're not really in rise and fall, you're in uh, some one of the other moves in the form like completely or you're not in a form move at all that's really probably not as often a self-defense application for that move. Sometimes there are things hidden in the form. There's a lot more kicks that are hidden in the form than it looks like, um, but the kicks are low. And then if you look at where it's at, it still ends up being pretty where you can tell, oh, okay, that did come out of that move. It's right there. Um, but these applications are not that you're off doing something very different than what the move looks like going, well, they really kind of are indicating that. No, the moves for the most part the move itself, if you if you remove the partner that you're working on out of that move, you're still in that position of that move. Um, and so it really helps with that. Um, you do learn more applications at each level of our curriculum. Um, and then the and the fighting and the fighting um, Oh, for lack of a better way to say it, there's a level of stuff there that's like combat Tai Chi and that one, then it's much more street oriented applications. Still the same movement. There's no mystery that it's, you know, if it's strung to loot, it's still strung to loot and you can tell 
but where it's much more geared towards the way that would get used in a, in a knockdown drag out kind of situation. Um, the application I've got here, the applications are important because they help you to focus in on how that, that move actually moves and does what it's supposed to do, both the how and the why. And this does translate by learning how to do the postures where you really are in the right way with the right emphasis. It does translate back into the health and it does translate back into the internal. The, uh, and so um, I'm gonna let you guys then talk about that at all or questions and whatnot, both all the above. Yeah, Harry. So it blows my mind that there's still so many people that are, and this is not to, to be mean, but there's so many people teaching the health side and they're like, oh, no, 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 we're not gonna show the marshal. Like, oh. I just had yesterday, uh, I've got a brand new class, thanks to the town of West Orange, which is next to the town I live in here. Um, and we're, we're uh, practicing out in the park. So I've been with them for about six weeks, two classes a week outdoors, weather permitting, and they're all senior citizens. Yesterday, I had uh, our other instructor here, Paul Shansky, join me. And we did a really thorough demonstration of the applications of the eight movement form, which is what I'm teaching them, the short, yeah. super short form. Yep. And they're senior citizens and they were blown away. They loved every single minute of it. They uh, applauded, uh, they, they asked, I, it's funny to see a, a, you know, a 70 ish year old lady when I'm demonstrating what to do and strum the lute. And she goes, yeah, but what if he came around and clocked you from the other side? Uh, a 70 year old lady. So anyone that says seniors and, and just for health, should not be shown the applications. Sorry, that is dead wrong. Um, what I see commonly is that when you get people that don't know anything about the self-defense at all for Tai Chi as an art, and they're saying they do the health part, and you start getting specific about the health parts, like what we've been talking about you know, throughout our entire podcast overall, but typically they go, well, yeah, it's, it's good for balance. Okay, how? What are you doing that's specific for that? Well, I'm doing the Tai Chi set. How? What is it you're, you know, and they don't have an answer. And what you find is they don't, not only do they not know the self-defense, they don't know the health part either. All they know is do the, the choreography and they think they're getting the health out of that. And it's better than sitting on the couch eating, you know, drinking Coke while you're, you know, not moving all day. But walking is too. It's, it's, yeah. you just need Tai Chi for that. Can I jump in here too? Cause yeah. that's, cause what... Because you said, you know, uh, they, they don't even know the Tai Chi. They, they, they really just know the choreography. And what I found is that if you don't know the applications, they don't even know the choreography. They don't even know well, that yeah, part. Yeah, right. they know the gross choreography, but you're right. They well, yeah, but, but the, where the sweet spots are in yeah. just even the physical movement of the choreography in just – that part of it alone, like never mind the energy connection or anything else in just the movement part, they don't even have that right because they don't know the applications. And so they don't know how it's supposed to look or how it's supposed to feel or how it's supposed to move. And like brush knee is my favorite example of this. Everybody shorts that move. Everybody shorts that move. And, and like they want to instinctively somehow, they want to keep it very forward, even though it has this rotational... Uh, yeah quality to it and if you don't know the arm break at the back of the move it's really easy to short it but as yeah. soon as you know that and if you're thinking about it you you get you will get the move right and so it's a really handy way like as a teacher i can correct my students form by nitpicking them 
over and over and over again about no turn more, no turn more, no turn more. Or I can teach them the arm break at the back of the move and get them thinking about that for like a class and they never get it wrong again. Yep. And it's just, it's a brilliant way to teach beginners how to do it right, you know, and never mind like at, at this level, it's not that they necessarily need to or, or are going to be able to use it for self-defense or that they ever even want to, but just to actually get the health benefits that they signed up for, they, they really do need to know that um, or else it becomes tedious. Um, like, and by the I, way, the way, that I it, does. the way that was originally taught to me by Tyrone, that was how he was taught by Dr. Wu, that's how he was taught by Liang Ong, who was taught by Yang Fan, Dong family, Yang family. And so it is the way that that was done to pass it down for the actual art. Anyways, Harry, you had something you wanted to add there. Well, yes, I was also going to say it's very good for their mind engagement. And as we're trying to ward off cognitive decline in adults, seniors, to engage your mind with the movement is super important. So one of the postures I love for that is monkey retreats. So I demonstrate for them somebody, you know, coming at me, trying to overwhelm me with punches and I'm coming and I'm knocking those punches down or I'm getting a hold of their head. But yeah. it's invariably when, when, when you're teaching uh, uh, beginners this and you see them do monkey retreats, you see them just go, uh, uh, but, you know, uh, nothing there. And yeah. I'm like, where's your mind? Where's your intention? What are you doing now? And I'll say to the seniors, you don't necessarily have to think of it martially like punches coming at you. You're welcome to, if you like, but let's, let's find another thing such as the, um, uh, trunk lid of your car. Boom. You're bringing that down. I have intention. I'm not just setting it there. And then they get it and it makes that connection. And if you can do that or find a way to do that with every posture, it makes all the difference in the world. Yes. So. Yeah, absolutely. But if you didn't know where the emphasis was at, you couldn't even have them doing the shut in the car hood because they wouldn't understand where the emphasis is at. And if they try to contrive that without understanding the application, on a lot of moves, they're going to put an emphasis some, somewhere other than where it's supposed to be in a way that it's not supposed to be. Yeah, all that. Yes. Oh, so, yeah. Yes. Cool. Anybody else? Yes. Um, I, I love what's been said already. And um, recently, I had everyone understand that there's a strike involved in doing monkey uh, retreats uh, because they were not extending your hand back behind them. And uh, like it was said earlier, that once you show them that, then it's like, oh, I got it, and uh, no problems. Um, the other thing is, is that I've had several students who are simultaneously studying with myself and one or two other instructors. And uh, recently I said, you know, when you go to level two, um, we're – we want you to have a, a form, we'll give you a form, or we want you to understand your form. So make sure that you understand um, how to maintain electrical and magnetic and make sure that you know at least one application for all of, for all of your movements in the form. And most of them will say, well, that instructor doesn't teach those sort of things. And then eventually they get the idea that uh, maybe I don't want to study with that instructor any longer. And we're not, it's not that we're trying to, to cause people to do that, but I mean, if you're learning from somebody that doesn't really know the Tai Chi, you know, if I'm going to college, I don't want to learn from somebody that doesn't, that didn't, that dropped out of high school and has no more education about the thing they're supposed to be teaching. 
Um, I'm looking for somebody that actually put time and, and energy and ideally lots of real world experience too, or, or primarily, but then also has the education behind it um, so that they can really teach that thing. And if they don't know that subject, why are they trying to teach it to me? You know, it's, 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 and I know that sounds, some people don't like hearing this, uh, and I hope you're not one of those people that who's listening, but, uh, um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's rampant in the Tai Chi community that this is going on. You got blind, the people who are blind teaching other people, you know, blind leading the blind. And, and it's, ideally we're making a real impact on that. Um, and, and we're talking about the Marshall and I said impact. Hey, anyways, the, uh, but we're making a difference in that regard. And then the, the idea that some of this will flow out and actually be in the Tai Chi community so that they're really benefiting more people. Hey, that's what we're doing. So absolutely. I, you know, I, I refer to myself as a Tai Chi instructor and these individuals are referring to themselves as masters. Masters who don't understand how to use the art. Okay. Yes. They have, um, they, they said, I, you know, well, we study it for health reasons. I don't know any of the applications. And I've had one of them say that to a student specifically. I don't know the, app, the um, martial applications. I just do it for health. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, then the next part I would be looking at myself is about, oh, I don't know, 10 to 20 questions on health that really get in there on the specifics of it. And like, okay, so how does it, how, what do you do with it differently than just doing your choreography to affect the arthritis? What do you do with it to make sure that there's, that the balance skills are being built? What do you do with it to rehab an injury? You know, and, and they should have answers for that. Otherwise they don't know the health part either. And I'm, I'm not, you know, anyways. <laughs> yeah, that, that is happening also. Ty, one of my favorite memories with you was actually pretty recently when we were last together in uh, in Redlands there, and you and I were standing uh, in front of a crowd of people who had pretty, you know, impressive skill by most standards, um, you know, with, uh, with their ability to feel and move energy just in the field without contact, and uh, and one of them kind of casually said oh yeah you know Richard Clear he's a master and Ty you're a master and Matt you're a master and we both were like whoa 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 hold on there's a there's a lot to unpack there okay um where to start <laughs> and uh yeah and so it's um you know it, it's funny how um you know people when you know when there's so little skill that's kind of shown or known out in the community, how quickly people uh, assume that, well, you know, any skill makes you a master and like, no, there's, there's a real body of curriculum that's really long and really deep before you're even touching on master level skills. And like most people just don't like they're, they're, they're not, uh, they're not scratching the surface of that. I like using the Western education system as a way to kind of look at that for folks. And what happens is you've got people out there teaching that they're in the first grade and they're teaching people that are in preschool, you know, they're not in kindergarten yet. And the best they can do is get them up to the first grade. And then you guys are like in, in high school. And so if you take the average first grader and you put somebody that's about to graduate from high school up there next to them, it's like, oh man, they're an adult. And they're seeing them very much in the way that they would typically see an adult and everything else. And I mean, let's say they're a sophomore or junior in high school, but 
anyways, <clears throat> but there is that. And, and then that there's still the bachelor's degree, four years of college to go, or associates two, and then bachelor's four, and then two to three more years for a master's, and then anywhere from uh, two years to 10 years for a doctorate uh, degree. And, and there's that assumption a lot of times when they're in the first or second grade that somebody in high school, well, that's a master. Well, that's a high schooler, but you don't even, since they don't even know what the top end of the thing looks like, or because they're in the first grade, second grade, they really don't know how to, they don't have enough understanding to be able to get what that is or how it works. And so uh, they don't have a way to, to uh, assess what they're feeling and looking at from the other person. And now a word from our sponsor. What is internal power? Most people only understand external exerting power, which is another way of saying tense muscle strength. Bigger, more tense muscles equal more power. That's external power. Internal power comes from pretty much anything except tensing your muscles. There are many sources of internal power and tapping into them is more of a mind skill than anything else. This is where the phrase mind over matter comes from. My name is Richard Clear and internal power is what I do. Students come to me for the mind over muscle secrets of internal power that are hard to find anywhere else. Over the past 40 years, I figured out how to get students on the fast track to effortless power. I created a one of a kind online program that is getting such amazing results for my students that I put a money back guarantee on it. Find out more at internalpowerkeys.com. That's internalpowerkeys.com. Thank you. Yeah. So back to the self-defense applications per move uh, and, doing, and doing different ones for each move and all of that. Um, anybody else? Anything else? Uh, I, I'd no. just like, like uh, to uh, add... Sheila, Sheila, John, and then you, Don. Oh, Sheila, I didn't have to get faster. Sorry, Art. That's the first bump. Okay. <laughs> um, I was just going to mention that um, a lot of people, well, at least in my community, the typical profile of a person who's interested in Tai Chi for Health often is already in that senior category. And I think it would be a grave irresponsibility not to show them the applications. They come for health principally and we're focused on that. But if I don't show them the applications and then they get mugged or something, I, I would just feel terrible because I'm, I'm like, you have the skills there. You just need to know how to use it to defend yourself. You know, but I think that sometimes with that population, you have to be, uh, you have to know how to present it. Because if you start talking about Marshall, they're like, no, I'm not going to go to a bar, get in a bar fight, or I'm not out looking for trouble. I'm like, no, consider that someone may target you. Yep. And then, you know, use this that you already have for that purpose. Yeah, it's one aspect of it. It's not the entire thing of Tai Chi, but it is a serious aspect of Tai Chi, just like the health is, just like the mental and spiritual development is, um, and, and more. And, and if you really want to do the art, at least um, beyond the superficial level, then it's, that's part of the study. And, then, and you're right, it can be done where it's really harsh. It's not necessary. Um, just having some real good basic understandings of self-defense and awareness and, and how, to present, how to position yourself 
and that kind of thing and, and to deter a situation can really make a big difference and then having some capability behind that obviously in case it just keeps going worse and worse so yeah cool um, art well one thing is uh, one person said to me um a long time ago about um health and tai chi and, and the internal martial arts that even if you don't practice them or think of it as wanting the martial application, if someone wants to hit you or attack you, that's definitely against your health. So if you can use what you learned for your health, use what you learned to prevent that, that's certainly for your health. And it's in a very active way, but still it's for your health. Um, and on the applications, I'd also like to say, um, brought to mind from your, your fighting Tai Chi workshop where we would have one person attack and then the, the, the defender and in the defense posture freeze and relate what the defensive posture was to the uh, a, a Tai Chi posture, which was sort of to my way of thinking going at the application from or sort of the the back end, so to speak, or something, uh, reverse engineering it, showing what Both you're doing, and then say, well, it's it, it's this posture or, or that posture. Um, and I just found that very helpful for um, getting used to the posture for self-defense. Sure, yeah, function first. Same thing if you had a health issue and then you said, well, I'm just going to go through my whole Tai Chi set and then I hope that part gets got in there versus if you understand the art and the movements and how they're applied and how the mind is used and that kind of stuff, you can go right to working with things that are going to really help you with the injury or the mal, you know, whatever the problem is um, like that, as opposed to just trying to, well, I hope something here catches that. Or I hope that it's that specific thing that I focus you know, on self-defense. I hope it's a punch to the head because if it's a tackle, oh, I got nothing for it, you know. And so it's you want to be able to deal with whatever kind of thing is going on. And it has to do with the way you, your body is, the way that your relaxation is, the way that your movement is. And it should really con convey itself to that in all kinds of aspects and ways, including something you hadn't considered before if it's really thorough enough. And, and it's easy for it in Tai Chi it's very easy for it in Tai Chi Twin. It's very easy for it to be thorough enough to do that. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Art. Thank you. Anybody else on this topic? Bill, I know you're very interested in the self-defense stuff, so and have had different experiences uh, studying it and learning it and working with it and, and all that kind of thing. And you're on mute right now. Bill? Oh, you're talking to me. So, <laughs> so I have, I, I deal with a lot of the issues that other people deal with. So I, um, before, before COVID, I had six students uh, who had been around for at least a few months. And in general, well, let me step back. So when I started teaching, or when I started studying Tai Chi seriously, I studied with a guy um, called Ron Chively, and he was very interested in the fighting aspects. Mm 
but we sort of made a decision when we were, when he was teaching me. Uh, and so he would teach me applications. Um, but he was teaching me to teach Tai Chi for Health, which was mostly form based. So it, it had a lot of the weaknesses that we're talking about. Sure. Uh, and and his experience with, with push hands was very, very limited. So he didn't have much use for it. And, you know, and the way that he had been exposed to push hands wasn't very helpful. Okay. okay. More of the competitive kind or more of the very fixed where you're doing it, but if you start looking at it for real use, it's like, I don't understand how you're gonna apply that. I found those are the two most common versions other than ones that are really functional. Um, so is he doing more the more the competitive competitive version or more the one where you're just doing like around and around and nobody really knows why they're doing that? It, that's what his vision of push hands was going around and around and no one knew was. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so anyway, and and he also made we, he also made a decision and that was kind of based on his or his experience and. He said, you know, if, if you do Tai Chi for health and you're not advertising Tai Chi for self-defense or push hands, then you don't have to worry so much about people coming in and wanting to see who's the fastest draw sure. in the room. So yeah. it, it's, it saves some potential issues. Yeah. And then when I started- let me, to, let, me say, let me say this to you real quick here too. If you're, if you're advertising with the Tai Chi or, you know, and whether that be in your local area or whatever, or somebody knows you're teaching the self-defense side, and somebody comes in and they're they're Johnny Hotshot, full of testosterone, and wants to see if you can take them. My answer is, oh no, you came to the wrong school. I do I do Tai Chi, right? And so that's about peace and and how to basically avoid conflict and. So, but you're teaching them self-defense applications. Well, yeah, that way, you know, when I'm showing a move there and it's hitting somebody in the groin and somebody grabbed them the wrong way and they have that shot or poke them in the throat, then, you know, it might save their life. It's better than not showing them that if the move does that. Um, so back to what we were talking about, but it's Tai Chi. We're trying to never have to be in that position to do that. So what is it you're here for? Oh, you came to do that. Okay, um, look, you, no, there's an MMA school down the street. Maybe you want to go down there. Verbal Tai Chi, right? <laughs> All right, go ahead. Anyway, so, and then when I started teaching, um, I started teaching at a uh, adult education place. And then I got, uh, over time, I got invited to teach at hospitals. So definitely at the hospitals, the emphasis was on health and That's right. and, and the issue of, of combat was not there at all. Yeah. And then over time, the um, my relationship with, with the college sort of soured, so I stopped teaching there. So I was just teaching in the hospitals. Mm -hmm. And so the people I get primarily are women. And they're primarily like Thai. They're over 50. Yeah. And they're interested, if they're still working, they're interested in stress reduction. Yeah. And if they're 65 or older, they're interested in maintaining their balance. That's right. Uh, and then 
so almost no one comes to me looking to learn to fight. That's right. And there so are a couple of Tai Chi where their primary was to learn to fight. That was the number one most important thing. And I've had people every once in a while to do that. Now, if they're a seasoned martial art and it's just, okay, I want to do this with Tai Chi now and I'm willing to invest the time and effort and to understand the whole art, then great. But if it's like, no, I don't, you know, they're young, uh, 20s, 30s, I only want self-defense. I've heard Tai Chi's got some really nice self-defense stuff. It's like, that is very true. However, your ability to use that for real normally is going to take about 10 times longer in Tai Chi yeah. across for, for whole art than it is going to take for almost anything else you could learn how to do, including just basic boxing classes or anything else, because the art is, is quite vast and quite and sophisticated. And by sophisticated, I don't mean there are simple applications for the vast majority of moves where somebody could pick up on that. But then as you start getting the deeper thing where it becomes the 75 different applications and all the different kinds of stuff and all that, and then how you seamlessly bring that together, um, there's a lot of simpler ways to learn to defend yourself that are gonna happen a lot faster for just down and dirty self-defense than what Tai Chi's gonna get you to. Tai Chi's gonna take a while. It's, it's Believe me, it's trying to teach it in the whole scope of it because I know the full fighting methods and you guys saw that it came in January. It's tough. It's, it's uh, you know, I've tried to look at some ways to shortcut it. And it's, it's, there's a lot there to unpack, like, you, like, you know, that way. And so, um, you know, so if they're wanting, wanting short, quick and dirty, then there's just easier ways to get it. Um, now I am working on, like, we've got the video that's the one for um, Tai Chi, eye, throat and groin stuff. So that way it is getting to that to that a little bit. It's still not the primary thing most people are going to be thinking about trying to do Tai Chi, right? It's kind of like, okay, this feels like we kind of went a little bit too far in the martial direction. And the art is an entire package, not just uh, parts or like that. Anyways, and like I say, there's a, there's a lot of depth there on the self-defense side. Uh, the other thing I want to say real quick is, is even when I'm taking a group where I'm not doing martial things, I will say stuff like if it was monkey retreats, you know, so if somebody was punching at you and you move their hand down or you're closing the lid on something and that way I'm still getting at least an, an, as I'm going through, not all the time, not where there's not where they're hearing so much self-defense being where they're kind of going, what is this? But there's enough as we go, uh, just kind of spread throughout so that they start really getting the idea where the emphasis is at what their body posture should be like, where the, where they're, where they're, substantial is where they're insubstantial is and those kind of things and they start getting a much better hookup on that on those movements because of it. sorry go ahead oh that's that's really yes I, I can see where that would be very helpful so as you're teaching the form for the first time just give you just give someone a general idea of how it would work yeah, enough of an idea that they start going, oh, okay, that's so that's emphasized like that. And then you're eyeballing it as a teacher. Yeah. You go, yes, it is. Or not quite because your posture or because your relaxation or because you're emphasizing it like this and it needs to be emphasized more like that. Right. Yeah, that, that's good. Anyway, so before COVID, I had six people that were pretty active and half of them were generally interested in anything I would teach about self-defense. And the other half just sort of tolerated it. Yeah. <laughs> so they would come to class 
but they wouldn't be happy if we spent too much on, on just the fighting sure. aspect. Yeah, and in the beginning, uh, six months, uh, six months to a year of curriculum, like I say, we're really looking for them to have one for each one so that they have an idea of where the placements are and where the emphasis is and that kind of a thing. And if you look at the overall curriculum, it's small. Now, once they get out, and that's in the, in the first level. Now, once they get out of that first level and they go into intermediate, much closer to 40%, 50% of the time that they're doing things that either are directly martial or that very much lend themselves to martial. Even when you're looking at the James, there's health sides to that, and I do try to point that out. Um, but obviously, there's a, there's a strong martial component there. And it's, it's not all the time by a shot, but it's, it's more than 25, it's more than one out of four times. And so if they really don't want the martial at all, at some point their study on Tai Chi is going to be, you know, it's gonna stop pretty early. And that doesn't mean they don't have plenty that they can practice for the rest of their lives on the health side and doing that. Um, to my mind, somebody that's teaching, they've gotta know enough of that martial part so that they understand that form. If they're teaching without that, somebody has either done them a disservice, which they're passing on unknowingly, or they are intentionally doing a disservice if they don't know that part of the art because there's, and, and, and are learning that, you know, because they don't, how, how can they teach it? They don't understand it. You know, no, I, I agree completely. It, it, Tai Chi historically is a fighting system. Yeah. Tai Chi's and if you don't have a pretty good idea of what the fighting system is, then you really don't understand the art. Yep, that's right. And, and uh, so whether, how much of the combat you teach or don't teach is one thing, but if you don't understand the art, it, you, you're yeah. really deficient as an instructor. That, and at the I, beginning I level, totally they agree with have it. to know a lot. They just have to know enough to have where the emphasis is at and how the posture is and how, the, and how that substantial versus, you know, the, the not making the double-weighted error internally these kinds of, and then they don't even have to know those words. It's just a matter of how they're doing things. And that's not that heavily involved in the self-defense to get it, as long as the teacher knows it so that they can make sure that the things are correct. Um, and then the further in the art you go, well, then the more you're going to need, because as you're doing things at a higher and higher level, it should involve, you know, that depth and breadth of training. Right. But so anyway, but as far as the people that come to me, generally, it's older people, it's more women than men. Sure. And the, the 20 and 30 year olds, you know, they have a number of Tai Chi, a number of Taekwondo schools, they have Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and they have missed martial arts. So that's a different crowd. Yeah. And Taekwondo, by the way, is fine. It's just that when you get somebody that really did it, and they're doing the very stiff version and then they come in to do Tai Chi, you spend the first six months just trying to teach them to relax, usually. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's the opposite end of the spectrum from what Tai Chi is. And getting, to bend, getting them to bend the rear leg is like a huge deal. <laughs> <laughs> Those yeah. Taekwondo students that are really stiff, once you get them loosened up and relaxed, they love going back to their Taekwondo studio and throwing around oh, their fellow students. Oh, a lot students. faster, a lot stronger, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course, the other people in Taekwondo class are giving them the, what is he doing? You know, they're, they're looking at it kind of funny, but, but they can see the performance result, and so they're like, okay, it's doing something. But, yeah, cool. All right. Um, so are there any other 
uh, are there any other things any of you want to add on the self on the part about the self defense application? Matt? I know I've already said a lot, but so if there's anybody else, let them talk. But I do have one more thing to add. Going once, going twice. No, we Nobody? got you. Oh, okay. All right. Well, so, um, all right. So my, uh, so, uh, so, you know, the self-defense side is super important. Yes. Um, and for a complete art, absolutely. But if you, even, you know, for, for our classes in the Maribel school, most of the people who end up in the beginning Tai Chi class aren't coming for self-defense either because we offer really extreme, you know, really, uh, uh, really effective, efficient self-defense programs. And so if they're really coming for that, that's where they end up. Um, and so our beginning Tai Chi students, they're not normally there for self-defense either, but in the process of making form corrections, they end up learning applications and, uh, and you know, that, the way that I teach anyways. And so by the time we get to that point in the curriculum, they already know them. Like they already know one for almost every move at that point, if not really, like they've seen one for every move. They may not remember it exactly off the top of their head, but they're really close. By the time they even get to that point in the training, if you're really following it step-by-step, step, which you should be if you're teaching <laughs> If you're teaching it, um, there's a reason that it's in that order, um, and it's a very smart one, and so you know you should you should follow it. But um, but don't be married to it either. In that, like like I said, like I use the applications to make form corrections for people, um, and so by the time they get there, they already know the applications, and it's just not a big deal. And so they don't like it's not like I'm you know thrusting the marshal down their throat or anything like that, or like trying to get them to become a combatant or anything. And Normally, in my classes, we've introduced the push hands game, not just as a game that we play, but like I use it to fix people's structure. And, and like a lot of times they'll struggle with something for kind of weeks and weeks and weeks, and I'll put hands on with them for maybe 20 minutes and they own it. And, uh, and like, I, you know, I have to tweak it here and there, but they really get it after they get that physical feedback. And so, you know, it's all, it's all structured in a way where like all of the pieces really do fit together for you as a teacher um, and as teaching tools like that. Um, and, and if you use them that way, it's uh, that you, you shouldn't be getting a lot of resistance from your students. At least I, I don't, and I know Harry doesn't. Um, and so, uh, oh, someone's coming up behind me. <laughs> Not a bear though, so that's a, how do you like the, uh, go ahead. Anyway, that's uh, that, that's really what I want to say. But uh, also, so, you know, so why is it being that the marshal is so important? Why is it that we only want like one move per application or one to three is what we say? And, uh, and, and really it's because they're, if they are intelligently chosen um, moves, they really do offer a, an extra depth of instruction at this level that's important for people just to really understand the choreography and we have very carefully chosen, well, see for clear, I say we, but see for clear, very carefully chosen a long time ago, the applications for the moves in the eight and the 13, which are what we teach at this level. Well, and, and I chose them based on what was easiest for a beginner to relate to, to be able to pick up, that was gonna help them do the move. And then, you know, every once in a while, when I get somebody in, for whatever reason, that, that, that particular application just doesn't resonate with them. And so I will literally start, like if I had a deck of cards, 
let's say it was 70, 75 cards, I'll start going through the deck for the ones that I know are the easiest first until I find one that they're going, oh, yeah, okay, bang. And then I go, all right, that's, that's the application you should show me on the test for this because, it, because it's coming really easy to you and it's correct and that that's how the move in terms of emphasis should happen. So cool. And then do that. Well, and, and I did want to speak to the test for a moment, too, because uh, the, so first of all, all of the applications that are really essential for this body of training are are already on clearmartialarts.com in level one. The ones that Sifu Clear chose that are like these specific ones that you should really know for sure are there. And then any others that you learn or, you know, find in any other parts of the curriculum, great. Um, but, uh, but the ones that you should really know for this level are available at clearmartialarts.com and whether or not you plan on testing, you should at least look at those applications. And I also encourage you to think more about testing. Um, I, I'm, I always encourage people to graduate early and often. And the way to really graduate this level is in about six months. Some people, because of the long distance nature of it and because of life and whatever, maybe take as much as a year but don't take much longer than that like uh it, it shouldn't take much longer than that do really get on it do the work um and and get through the program and move forward and the way to prove to yourself that you've done that is to test and even if you never show us the test review that we would want to see from you is available at clearmartialarts.com it's all part of the level one package it's all part of the that program um, and, uh, and so, you know, if it, it, the stuff that we've been talking about for five days, literally, we've just been talking about it for five days, uh, amongst ourselves in these episodes. And, uh, and I mean, that's how deep this curriculum is, but, um, but you know, it, it is, it is also the beginner part of our program. It is very accessible, even if you have no experience and, uh, and if you, even if you have some experience you should definitely check it out because there's probably skills in there that you'll get hookups on uh, in new and different ways that you haven't seen before. Um, at least that's what happened to me. So uh, check it out. It's at clearmartialarts.com. And the videos there that he's talking about, um, whether you do it digitally online like that or by DVD, there, there is um, at least six different applications for each of the moves. And I'm putting the simplest ones that I, that I know to help you to relate to the moves on there. So that if you see, so that for the test, it's one, but that way you can on your own go, eh, I don't know about, I don't know if I can understand that one and do it so well. Okay, try the next one. Nope, same thing, try the next one. So that ideally you'll hit one that you really, oh, okay, that makes complete sense to me. And it's easy, it's easy for me to, to put into play. And then you'll be able to, you know, you'll have a move that works for you that, that helps you to get the right emphasis in the move and all that kind of stuff. The, uh, uh, it just hit me also that um, the test, uh, if you are taking the test by video, obviously you have some choice in your moves, but if you're taking it live, um, is something that people often don't consider is that uh, you, you will likely be taking it like with another person. And so they might do, they might go first, like in the order of the test, we might ask them to go first and they might do the application that you had selected and we're going to ask you to show a different one. And so there is value in having more than one. Uh, I normally will let them do the same one. It's just, if I'm concerned about that at all, I'll have them 
look a different way or something while the other person's doing theirs or, you know. All right. Way to spoil my fun, Sifu. Right. <laughs> I make sure my students know more than one be for that very reason. <laughs> okay. All right. There you go. Cool. I'm trying to make it so if somebody really came for the help and they're okay to do the self-defense, but it's not their primary that we're not running them off because, you know, that, although, like you said, once they get, once they get an intermediate, they're going to, they're going to jump up there where they're getting three to five, six applications for each move, like in the module, anytime they're doing a move, it's, you should be able to show me multiple applications for that. So it's going to go there. Um, I just try to take it a slightly easier on the beginners. Yeah. <laughs> Harry, as I remember it, um, there was like 15 people when I took the test and we all had to have our own application. Wow. wow. You, you were in one of the tougher ones. <laughs> oh, I thought he was at the same one as you originally. Is that the one where we went till 5.30 a.m.? <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, okay. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I'm trying to forget it, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. No, I remember that fondly, actually, but that's another story. Yeah. Art, was there something you were wanting to say there? Uh, no, I didn't have anything to add. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. What were you going to say, Matt? Uh, I could tell he was like, ah, ah, gonna say. Yeah, of course you remember it fondly, Zebu. It went till five in the morning and it was all instruction and education and your favorite stuff. And it kept going and going and going. Of course you remember it fondly. <laughs> Actually, what happened there was I had the room was full of people who had good amount of training behind them and literally um, the extra time was spent trying to convey principles that I was like you should have this already but you don't and I and you guys are and this was a group of people who were like we're gonna take the test while we're here and I'm like okay then you're going to pass the test when you're here but you have to have the information and well one thing led to another <laughs> it, was, it was also the very first one. We were the first. Was was made it tougher as well. So. And you were filming the videos as well, so it just yeah took that yeah, much the whole thing. Yeah. So if you're coming out for one of the live ones, don't worry. We do not do that. Um, we do not keep you out until five a.m. doing a thing. I've had people keep me out till five a.m. Yeah, 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 yeah. But even then, these days, it's like. Okay, it's after midnight. We got another full long day tomorrow. Um, let's go home, go to bed, or go to the hotel, go to bed, whatever it is. Yeah, we'll 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 pick it up tomorrow. So yeah, cool. All right. Um, are there any other basics that you include when you're teaching beginners, other than the ones that we've covered here over the last five sessions for the basics and the level one of clear tai chi? And then I'm going to ask you if there's any other basic you include in your program for you guys here that are teachers and that's all of you. And then also kind of get into the why. And when I'm saying that, I don't want you to go, oh, I should put in other things. No, don't. <laughs> the curriculum is fine like it is. What I'm saying is a lot of you came already being a Tai Chi teacher and you had different things that you liked and different things that you do. And even though you have our curriculum, you may be doing other things. Um, and for the most part, I prefer that you didn't at the same time when somebody's got something and it works good for them and the students get benefit and helps them get the material. 
um, you know, I'm fine with that. Um, and so, anyway. Um, the more I teach the curriculum, uh, the more I find that it is great and really uh, brilliant in certain ways, um, in many ways, uh, just as it is. And so I try not to mess with it. What I have found is that uh, depending on different students, I may need different ways to explain it. And some of them, like in the case of the guy who came, you know, hobbling in on the stick, um, like they need different things first sometimes. And so, but, uh, and so like the rehab method came up like earlier for him um, because he, you know, he was capable of doing it. Um, first of all, he was, he was in good enough, you know, condition and, and sensitivity to do that one while he was learning the moves and he needed it so badly that it was like, okay, well, here's how, here's how you have to do this. Yeah. But, um, but otherwise, like, unless there's a glaring thing like that, I just teach it how it is. And the only difference is sometimes people benefit from different explanations or frameworks or like visualizations in certain cases, like picture, you know, pictures of, like cloud hands you know some people get like the follow the elbow thing and some people get the like block out the sun thing and there's just different ways of explaining it to people but mostly just stick to the program and it works great yeah well and the other thing about that with like the rehabilitation method too is it's tailored to the individual and then if they were like had balance issues again tailored to the individual if you get somebody in with parkinson's we tailor it to the individual and so the program has within it the range to be able to do that. And that way we can really get them the help that they need. That's what they came for um, while still, you know, still basically working off the base curriculum. Yeah. Uh, Sifu, I uh, end up also teaching the Chi Activation Cultivation and Flow program. Yeah, with uh, the base because there's some overlap, and I find there's a lot of overlap there. Yes, yes, yeah. There's and, some that's different, but yeah, yeah. Sure. And also teaching uh, when I'm teaching my senior citizen students, um, I just I personally throw in whole body breathing because I find that it really helps their knees and things of that sort. That's sure. a little extra something. Yep. And for me too, by the way, if I'm teaching, even though we've got the push hands that are in there that we talked about, I typically am trying to get them to come to separate push hands practice as a regular thing where they're getting a good bit more of that than what's in level one. Um, and then in the, in the intermediate, it's understood that they need to be doing that. And there's enough push hands, internal push hands, things in there that they're getting that. And the internal push hands isn't so much the competitive thing as much as it is that internal skill development and using a partner to help you to do it. And so, yeah. Cool. Anybody else? Um, this is, this has already been alluded to a little by, by Matt and Harry, but basically um, I may have two or three different classes that are all essentially learning, you know, the same material, but according to who's in the class, what their condition is, I mean, you have to meet them where they're at. So those three classes may not look identical, you know, um, because you want to take into account where they're at and what their goals are. Yep. So, yeah, sometimes there's a little bit of variety in there, but it's, yeah. It's going to be the same program, yeah. Cool. So one of the things I like to teach, and, and it may have been that I learned it from you, and I just forgot. I'm not sure where I learned it from. Okay. And it may be in the beginning class, you know, in the level one, or maybe from someplace else. I don't know. But it's just something that, that students really seem to enjoy. 
So it's what I call like Tai Chi juggling. And so they make an energy ball and then they kind of put it in their hand and then they roll it down their arm to their shoulder. And then they roll it back to the hands. And then if they're flexible, they bring it up to the shoulder and then bring it around to the other shoulder and drop it down to the other hand. Okay. And then they do that. And then the other part is I'll, I'll take the energy ball and I'll give it to another person. Okay. And then he'll move it around and then give it to another person. Yeah. Um, I'll, you probably didn't get that from me yet. Um, it's not in our base. That is not in our basic skills or something I would even show for basic skills. It is higher up in our program. It is okay. along in the program. But I, I just, it's something I really enjoy teaching and it gives, it makes energy tangible to beginners. Yes. Uh, and it's just something that they, you know, that they seem to enjoy and keeps, it gets them engaged. Cool. Yeah, I like it. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for today. Unless Matt, did you have something to add there? Well, it did occur to me that a lot of times I find that the uh, shoulder, neck and back Qigong stretching that we oh, do yeah. in the Fogong program oh, yeah. is yeah. great for a lot of the different students that we get in for various reasons, um, especially like just people catching in their shoulders. And so um, it helps to loosen that up before we get moving with the Tai Chi sometimes. Um, so that, so I, I kind of lied before. There is one thing that I sneak in there that's not in the basic skills normally. Yeah. Well, the Fogong Qigong um, for that, and then the Qigong that's like some of the um, Qi energy uh, um, activation, cultivation, and flow stuff, it pertains. And if they were there for the Qigong type things, or, or it's just, you know, uh, a crowd where they need some aspect of that or whatever, like what you guys are talking about, all that kind of thing. Yeah, that's absolutely um, reasonable. I wouldn't want it to be that now they're, instead of them doing something in six months to a year, that they're, you know, they're in two years out and it's, well, I'm really teaching them all this other Qigong. It's like, okay, go ahead and get them tested for the first thing. So that way they really got that encapsulated so that they're ready for what comes further along and in, in better Tai Chi development. And we know it's appropriate to teach them that. And then yes, of course, keep teaching them the other Qigong because you're not going to get done with the intermediate um, without pretty much covering everything somewhere in there that, or the Fogung between the two, um, the intermediate Tai Chi program or the Fogung Qigong without having hit that stuff. And at some point, if they're serious about the Tai Chi, they're going to want the Fogung because it, it's working with the Wei Chi field energy in a whole lot of different ways. That bear is coming straight behind you, Matt. That's yeah, yeah. Right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. Um, and I don't spend a lot of time teaching it. I just mostly lead it as a warm up and kind of a stretching routine. And, yeah. you know, if gonna, we do it often enough, they're going to pick it up. But yeah, that's right. Which is great. Yeah. And same thing that Harry's talking about, too. I know you guys aren't doing that. I was letting folks know at home. Don't be like, oh, okay, I got this Qigong and we'll spend two years doing the first six months. Of so you're, you know, six months to nine months, really, for when we got people in the school curriculum. I have heard that the record so far, and, and I, this is, a, I think, a cautionary tale, is a, a fellow uh, apply, like turned in his video to test, um, and along with it, he gave us a note that said he had been working on it for five years. He passed, 
but I, I can almost guarantee you that he would have passed about four years earlier than that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, uh, okay. Um, were there any other questions or comments or anything today? Matt, stay on the stay on with me after we get done here for at least a few minutes. Uh, if okay. Anything. A bunch of my family just came back, but then a bunch of them left too. So I think I've got a few okay. minutes. We'll make it short. Um, and then anybody else that wants to say anything or tell me anything or whatever, then um, uh, stay on after the call. Thank you, everybody. I appreciated uh, the input today and like talking to you and look forward to the next time and all that good stuff. All right. Have a great week. If I don't talk to you before the week is out and next week, ah, next week there is not a meeting because we're doing the push internal push hands workshop here. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsor. For those of you who are interested in internal power and want a reliable place to start. And for anyone who wants to experience internal power for themselves, go to internalpowerguide.com. I built a crash course in hands-on internal power. The practical guide to internal power is a work at your own pace online program. It is the course I use to get students from zero to 60 as quickly as possible. And it is totally free. So sign up at internalpowerguide.com now and get started right away. That's internalpowerguide.com.